to the Moral Hangover Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dom, and I'm joined with my producer, Victoria Bruno. We are currently re-recording this for the 15th million time. The nerves of Connor Saley and his amazing presence has left us speechless, okay? That never happens. We are the chattiest of the chatty. We are in awe that Connor Staley came onto our podcast. I mean, we started this two months ago, and here we are with a bachelorette celebrity. It's I know. mind-blowing. People were like, how much did you bribe him with? What did you do? Like, no, we're just good at following up. We're good at we're good at our outreach. If you don't know us before, you're listening because of Connor. And let me tell you, you guys are in for a treat. But before we get into that, we just want to talk about some recent events that have happened. As we all know, George Floyd was killed, um, I believe, on Friday. We just wanted to say that we stand with him and we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. Personally, we're both very deeply saddened. I mean, it it's hard to think about it for me because I have cousins who are African-American. I've dated someone who is African-American. Victoria and I are both white females. And of course, we'll never understand what it's like to walk in a black person's shoes. But we just want to tell everyone to start making a change. And if you see something and it doesn't seem right of the treatment of an African-American, speak up and have their voice be heard, be an ally for them. I was even having this conversation with my brother because when you hear the news, you're kind of like speechless and you're like, what can I do to help? So my brother and his wife are having a baby that's coming in August. And I said, one of the biggest things that I feel like we can do is for our future generations. And whoever my niece and nephew is, like, I want them to know their minds are so small and impressionable to just teach them from the beginning how every skin color needs to be loved and treated equally. There's diversity is a beautiful thing. You get different perspectives. You learn from different people. I just think overall, America needs to change their views and change it quick because enough is enough and this can't continue to happen. And also, if you're above 18 and I find out that you are not signing up to vote, I don't know what you're doing. Please go out and vote. Everyone can do their part that way. So couldn't agree more. So moving along, we do have a giveaway. I know the timing isn't ideal, but we have a giveaway. We've worked on this with Vestique and we are giving away a $100 gift card to Vestique. They're one of my favorite boutiques to shop at. They have an online site, but they're also located in North Carolina because they also have a location in Georgia, I believe. So we're super excited to give you guys an opportunity to shop at Vestique, and you can also get 10% off of my coupon code, KDombrowski10. So that'll be going live today. Get ready to shop. Enter at the Mall Hangover Podcast. Follow us, follow Vestique, tag two friends, and you're automatically entered. I'm so excited for this giveaway. I wish that I could win it because Vestique has the cutest clothes. They're also extremely affordable for someone who's cheap as me on a budget. You have to check it out. You know, what's so funny is I was on the phone with my friend Sophia today. She and I were talking about the giveaway and she's like, I wish I didn't win the color room giveaway. I want this one too. I'm like, well, can't pick you again. Sorry. (laughs) It's really good stuff. They have super cute, trendy clothes always cutting edge. Like I just bought two halter bodysuits. I bought a tie dye crop top. I just love their stuff. And they have great prices. You can get a top for 18 to $30. It's so much better than a Nordstrom top. That's $50 and you wear one time. So you all better go enter now, but Katie, how are you doing? Vic and I, I guess I should say Vic's mom and I have recently joined Hinge and it has been quite a quarantine experience. It's honestly been my source of entertainment during quarantine. 
I love that you got a hinge because I've been trying to convince. I want all my single friends to be on hinge because entertain yourself. I mean, that's what I would do if I was single. Like, okay, yeah, you say that until you see the creepy ass people that are on it. True, true, true. Literally, one of my favorite pastimes when I'm with my friends, I'm like, please let me swipe through your hinge. And I do understand there, there's not a lot of good gems out there, but <laughs> I mean, it's like you think someone's a good gem, and then you do your research. And you're like, why are your pictures from 2016? Why do you have a profile picture with a llama? There's just so many questions that start to arise after you start talking. Like one guy even said to me, let's play the question game. I'm like, what the hell is the question game? And is this sexual? How am I supposed to know? I don't know this person. So then I was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but sure. (laughs) And then he was like, What's your favorite movie? I was like, this is the question game you want to ask me? This is how you want to get to know me. He's asking me my favorite movie. Well, let me tell you, it's She's the Man, okay? I love that movie. That's what Amanda Bynes, right? So good. Yes, and Channing Tatum. That's when my love for him started. But the thing that's the worst. So Katie was sending me pictures of the guys that she was matching with. And I've been on my mom's hand swiping for her. She's totally against it. I'm like, come on, mom, give it a shot. These men never change mind you my mom's range on hinge is from 55 to 65 i even went went a little lower i was like mom let's let's (laughs) dabble with the 50s she can be a cougar and these guys seriously first off some of them are like i need compassion so it just gets weird but you know compassion what do they mean by compassion they mean sex in an appropriate way. <laughs> but it's oh, weird God. and creepy. Okay, you know what's weird and creepy is when people take the answers seriously. If you are on hinge and you are making your answers super serious, like, for example, when it says, what do you look for in a partner? And you're like, I'm looking for someone that I can have deep conversations with and someone that I can introduce my family to. Yeah, obviously. People obviously, think- people want that. But that's not going to attract anyone. You're going to creep people out. And people literally think it's like a bachelor audition, which goes align with this episode. <laughs> yeah, like mine, it didn't go out well. I'm here for the right reasons. I, I mean, I am. Bachelor people hit me up. So what a lot of you guys don't know, and I talked about this in my first episode, is I actually auditioned for The Bachelor in New York City at ABC Studios. So the fact that we have Connor Saley and I can ask him all the questions that I wanted to know, I'm just like, this is the hottest tea I'm ever going to get. And I am, like, the biggest Bachelor fan in the game. Thanks so, a diehard. Yeah, so, honestly, a surreal moment. Connor's a great guy. Really, he was just, like, so down to earth. Like, we were nervous at first because we're like, is he going to open up? Is he going to want to talk to us? Like, what's this interview going to be like? And it just, the second we started recording, it was, like, zero pressure because he was just so easy to talk to. He really was. And it was a great experience because Connor was the first guy to ever come onto our podcast and it couldn't have started off better. So sit back, strap in and enjoy our interview of us grilling Connor Seeley from Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelorette. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Moral Hangover. I am your host, Katie Dom, and I am here with Victoria Bruno. We are so excited today because we have our first male guest ever. And he's not just any Joe Schmo. We have Connor Staley from Hannah Brown's season of The Bachelor. He was also seen on Bachelor in Paradise, and he is now the founder and CEO of Sale Wellness. Everyone welcome Connor Staley. Woo! Woo! What's up? Yay! <laughs> so you told us you're quarantined in Dallas. How is that going for you so far? 
Um, it is going well. You know, obviously a pretty pretty interesting kind of unprecedented time for everyone. But um, honestly, it's kind of been nice just to not have to travel or anything and spend some time kind of doing what I want to do every day and just hanging out and chilling. So definitely ready for it to be over soon, hopefully. But it's been going well so far. We're in Philly, so our quarantine, we're in the red zone. So we're not, you know, mm. going outside anytime soon. What zone is Dallas in? So when are they expecting everything to open up? So stuff actually started opening up on May 1st. I think like restaurants are open now. I think gyms are opening on Monday, this coming Monday. But it's all limited capacity. So it's like 25% of the normal capacity. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens once stuff kind of starts opening up and everything. I mean, I'm I'm not kind of jumping at the bit to go you know back to gym or anything right now i probably won't go right away but be interesting to see what happens once it's all open back up i know i'm like is shit gonna hit the fan or is it gonna get better like no one knows it's honestly like an experiment right now i feel like kind of like a guinea pig Mm -hmm. definitely (laughs) so speaking of the gym i was gonna ask you that how are you staying fit because you don't look like you've gained the quarantine 15 and i feel like working out in quarantine is one of the hardest things so how are you doing it so when the whole quarantine kind of started, I was like, you know, obviously, who knows when we're going to be able to go back to the gym. So I just, I kind of got in early and bought a bunch of gym equipment. So we actually turned half of our garage into a pretty solid garage gym. Okay. So, well, so, nice. <laughs> so we really don't need to go back to the gym even once they open, actually. I bought a bike last week. So I don't know, just trying to stay fit, do you know, switch things up a little bit, stay active. Um, it's not easy every day, but trying try my best out here. I'm LOLing that you just said you bought a bike. My dad for his birthday, like a week ago, was like, guys, I really want a bike. That's all I want <laughs> is a bike and a bike rack. And we're like, all right, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Was it a Peloton? That's like no, the hot commodity right now. I know. Pelotons are so nice. My parents have one back in Michigan. No, it was a, just a Trek road bike. I've always liked biking, but I've never really gotten super into it. But thought. You can't really do much else right now, so why not pick up don't a new hobby, me, I guess? Don't tell me you wear biker shorts with I, bike. I don't yet, but the seat hurts your butt, so I might have to get some. Yeah, the seats, I, the I heard it, so it hard. hurts other things, too. My dad keeps talking about it. I'm like, all right, let's <laughs> chill with that. But I actually, I think I have, I have gained a few pounds because I think my hair has added some extra weight, to be honest. I, it's I so it's long right now. You know, get vibe, some mousse in it, there. Maybe get some waves in there. See, I'm not, I'm not really a hair product guy. I kind of like to keep it, keep it simple and natural, you know. So I don't know. That's why I'm wearing a hat right now because it's gotten a little, uh, it's getting a little wild. Well, I wish girls could see this because girls love a hat moment, especially like when a guy wears a backwards hat. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into unfiltered friend. This is where we give our unfiltered opinion, thoughts. I want complete honesty. TikTok let's do it. dances. You are known for your TikTok dances that are like semi kind of cringe. Um. <laughs> All right. No. So, you know, I'm totally aware that my dances are cringy. Um, I think it's every time I film one, I think it's hilarious. I, you know, I'm laughing at myself after when I watch it. But the people that say negative stuff in comments, it doesn't really affect me because I'm fully aware that it's not good. But mm-hmm. 99% of those people, if you cook their profiles, they don't have any dance videos or any videos on there. And I just think it's interesting that so many people are willing to say negative stuff to someone, but they're not willing to do it themselves. So for all those people out there that are commenting negative stuff on anyone's profile, not even just mine, I, I could honestly care less. 
but for other people, I think they should take a look in the mirror and maybe make their own video before they decide to call someone else's dancing bad. Just saying. I agree. I'm with you. Actually, one time I did a TikTok dance and someone commented that my boobs looked like a butt crack. So I was like, okay. Or I'm like, the next few comments, like, I don't know where this is going, but every time something happens like that, I just delete it. Because at first it kind mm-hmm. of stings a little bit. And then I'm like, all right, whatever. It's just kind of ridiculous that people go out of their way to say something mean to someone else. And the thing too is like, yeah, obviously I'm terrible at dancing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get better at some point after making some more videos, though I've taken a little break lately. But I think when people say negative stuff and like, you should stop dancing and stop doing these videos and stuff like that, like, all right, is that the message you want to be sending to especially like younger kids? I mean, if someone's not good at, let's say, playing a sport or singing or dancing, whatever it is, you encourage them to keep practicing, trying to get better. You don't encourage them to stop doing it. So I don't know, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about it because there's not really much else yeah, to do right now. Yeah, you sound very reflective on this yeah, subject. I, yeah. I, I, the, the last two months have been very reflective for me. But um, I think that's honestly why I keep making the cringy videos because it's almost like, all right, you want to say something negative to me? I'm going to keep doing it. And you what know? people mm-hmm. fail to mention is how fun it is to learn a TikTok dance because I'm it not a good fun. dancer either. And sitting there for like 30 minutes just trying to learn it, I'm like, this is embarrassing. I'm not posting it. But just it's so fun. So all those haters need to just give it a try because yeah, it, it is so much fun. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, they're fun, but they're hard as shit. Like I try, I literally watch the tutorials and I'm like, oh, I tried to do the after party one. I was like, no, no. <laughs> you gotta do, you gotta do the one that's like, oh yeah, that was so easy. That's a go-to one. I feel like for every girl in a bikini, it's like, oh my god, let me do that one. <laughs> and I cannot master like. To throw it back everyone does in it like oh, I, just I cannot like do that trying to like pick away see I, i've had people teach me how to do it it's just not i don't think i'm built it's the donkey to kick. be able to do it <laughs> you gotta like roll forward and then throw it back at the end it's, it's not easy it's not easy. i think you should try it i feel like it'd be a fan favorite i don't know if i'm ready for that right now <laughs> okay well we'll give you some time on that okay our second unfiltered friend topic so since you're our first guy, the girls want to know what are first impressions that make or break it for you? For like any girl you're interested in or you want to date, like what first impression is just a no-no for you in your book? So this might this one might be a hot take. I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah, give it to us. But from my perspective, when I go on a first date and you go out to dinner, I'm always going to pay for the date. Like that's that's just like the way I operate, that's how I do it. But I love it when the girl offers. So oh, that's a classic. You have to do that to your girl. Obviously, I'm gonna pay for it, but it's the offer that means I really like. Not that I'm like judging someone on that, but I that's something that I really pick up on and notice. And I don't know. I, I've talked to a lot of people about it, and some people are like, "No, you know, why does it matter? All that stuff." I it to me it's just like the principle of the offer that no, you gotta ask. But girls who offer, they're just saying that because they want to seem nice. They don't actually want to pay. But that's fine. Because we even, actually even... have a friend who went on a date, offered to pay, and the guy was like, Oh yeah, pay for it. You can pay for it all. And then <laughs> oh, really? she ended up with like a two hundred dollar bill. Yeah, Vic, you remember this? Well yeah, did, did, did she go on a second date? Um, I don't know if they went on a second date. I'm not sure. I think this hmm. was like this wasn't their first date. This was probably like a second date or something. But I think they were still like canoodling after. Interesting. 
which I would have been like, all right, Venmo request. Like, I'm not paying for your, like, $200. Like, <laughs> or station. at least you should ask to split it. Yes. But not asking yeah. enough to do anything, I think, is mm-hmm. just, it's rude. I agree. That To me, that's a that's a turnoff for me. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. It's just the offer that matters a lot. And then the other thing, I feel like I'm kind of a quiet guy sometimes. So when a girl's super quiet on a date, and it's almost like me having to interview in a way to like start conversations and ask questions i don't really like that so i like yeah when someone's just like conversational with you and brings out a little more energy in you vic and i were literally talking about this before we got on and because we we've obviously never spoke to you before so like what do Mm -hmm. we think he's gonna be like and then we started talking about this one guy who i went on a date with who literally was so awkward and cringe that I literally had to be like blacked out every single time. Like was great on paper. Like had his all this shit together. Like great job. But then every time I'd go on a date, I'd literally be blacked out because I just couldn't deal with the awkwardness. Wait, so were you comparing me to him? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't comparing you to him. Well, it seems was, like you. It seems like no, you. No, no, no. You, you do have a lot of similarities with him, though. You do, but not like that. Because he worked in finance. I used to work in work? finance. I looked at your LinkedIn when I added you. <laughs> and I saw, I did my research. Yeah, he works in finance. It was not a long relationship. But anyway, Vic, what is your make or break? Well, I have a boyfriend now, but when anyone talks to me in general, I feel like a biggest, a make is making conversation. Like no one wants to talk to an awkward person. But mm-hmm. the biggest break is talking to someone that even if like you ask a question, because I'm a question asker, and then they like don't give you anything to work with. I'm like, what is good with you? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like when they don't ask the question back or right, they just kind of answer it. That's it. I exactly. Agree. Katie, what's yours? Mine would be banter. I'm kind of into like cocky assholes. So <laughs> I want someone because like I think I'm very alpha female, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I need someone who can like give it back to me and kind of put me in my place like in a nice way. Um, <laughs> so nice I love way. banter. And a break is no job. If you don't have a job, I'm sorry. Like, no. And like, Swag. I think swag can really boost someone's game. If it's like confidence or the way they dress or like just how they carry themselves. I think we're spot on. I see that. All right. Let's dive into more about you. So the girls want to know, are you single? I am single. Yes. Are you like mixing and mingling though? Or are you just like single as a prankle? Um, I've been mixing and mingling a little bit. You know, it's, it's tough to do that right now. But yeah, I don't know. Talk to a couple different people, but nothing, nothing too serious. How about like DM? How do you date with all the DMs you get? Uh, I'm, is that your signature move for getting girls? Do you slide in the DMs? Like, mm-hmm. what goes down? No, I mean, I like, yeah, a lot of people will DM me and stuff. I, I've stopped looking at them. Just kind of getting back to the negative comments thing is 99.9% of the DMs I get are super nice, respectful, and or girls trying to date you, but the 0.1% of someone saying something negative, that's the ones, those are the ones you remember. So honestly, I don't really read them anymore just because there is some negativity every once in a while and it gets under your skin. So no, I haven't, I haven't really slid into anyone's DMs. I mean, there's been a couple people, but it's nothing too serious. I also think people sometimes misconstrue sliding into someone's DMs as you trying to date them. Are you talking about a certain someone? Uh, maybe, maybe, but I, are we talking I think, about Maddie? I I'm not necessarily talking about Maddie, <laughs> but 
like there's to me there's a difference between making it known that you're interested in that person and like getting to know that person right what's the difference lay it down for us well i think it's the way you slide in right if i'm sliding in saying something like a flirty comment or something then obviously you know you kind of know the intentions if i'm saying something nice respectful and maybe trying to start a conversation then that's a little different can you give us an example of like a flirty comment that's like appropriate uh i really What's don't your know go-to? you don't have I a mean, go-to you, no i don't i don't really see i don't really slide in with flirty comments very often because i i want to like get to know someone before i just hang out with them i guess okay, i'm more but i yeah. i'm not very good at sliding in anyways so i'm more of kind of the classic guy that just says hey <laughs> the boring nice. guy that just says hey but i mean let's see let's see what some people split in here with oh yeah let's see it i i bet girls come in hot and heavy <laughs> someone just said i have a crush on you hey want to go on a virtual date winky face you know this is totally off topic but kind of like you said you get all these nice messages and then mm-hmm. the one hater really ruins it for you the fact that you don't even want to look at your dm sometimes i know people with higher profile don't even look at their comments because they're like just for that one hater you can have a hundred nice comments and then one rude one and it gets to you mm-hmm. yeah i mean i kind of think it's funny that people go out of their way to say something mean, but you know it, it also kind of comes with the territory i mean you can't expect to just only get love and zero hate from people you know i look at it as if they're talking like they're talking about you and they care (laughs) like you're doing something right so yeah so it's funny too sometimes i'll respond to them and after they say something mean and they're like oh my gosh i can't believe you responded it's made my day (laughs) like what why are you saying something mean to me then but the other thing too is sometimes people say something really nice and you'll respond like oh thank you and then immediately the next message is like so when can we like hang out or something like that? It's like, ah, come on. Now people are messaging me on LinkedIn, which I talked about this in another. Sorry. Don't no, no, me. no. You're, no, you're, <laughs> see, your message was great because it was professional. And I've, I said this on another podcast. Let's, you know, let's keep it professional on LinkedIn, right? It's, it's a professional platform. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like when I get messages people asking for my phone number and stuff on there because there's other that is not the place to do it yeah i don't know this is just a thought i have i think linkedin needs to make a dating app i feel like when you date someone the first thing i do at least is i looked at their linkedin and i'm like okay what's going on here well that actually that's a really good idea because people on linkedin are probably more like-minded care more about their careers and what they're doing not just social media right like how many followers you have stuff like that so i that's a really good idea you should talk to linkedin about that one i should i really should i'll dm them i'll see how that goes (laughs) (laughs) all right so tell us about pre-bachelor connor where did Mm -hmm. you go to college and where you went to frat I went to Southern Methodist University in Dallas. I was from Michigan originally, wanted to go somewhere warm for college because I was tired of the snow. Um, Came down to SMU and I loved it. I actually swam my freshman year for a little bit. I wasn't a club or was it like D1 or D2, D3? Yeah, it was a D1, D1 swim team. Oh, look at you. We got an athlete on our hands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, athlete, athlete. Athlete for a year. Yeah, yeah. I did join a fraternity. It was a pike. Oh my god! SMU. I love pike. So I'm obsessed with pike. Everyone I dated in college was a pike. My <laughs> uncle is actually on the board for pike. Nice. Yeah, it's a big That's fan. Awesome. But keep going. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but yeah, I was in a fraternity. It was a fun experience. 
and I, I don't know in terms of like dating Connor I had uh I had two kind of longer term relationships one was when I was in high school and one was between like high school and freshman year of college and I actually haven't dated anyone besides you know the relationships from the bachelorette um since then so i didn't date anyone all throughout college and a couple years after uh just because i felt like i kind of knew what i was looking for and just hadn't found that in someone else but that kind of led me to to go on the bachelorette eventually which was pretty pretty wild i need to know how you got picked because i actually auditioned in And it was for Peter's season before I knew it was Peter, because I don't Mm -hmm. think Peter and I would have vibed. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was there, and the camera guy was like, you're so great, was giving me all these compliments. I'm like, all right, I got this in the bag. And then my friend and I, who met in line, we connect on LinkedIn, big LinkedIn girl. And she was like, hey, have you heard anything? And I was like, no, I haven't. Have you? And she's like, no, but a friend of a friend just got flown out to LA. So I don't think we got it. And I was like, Oh, that's a shame. But here we are. So how'd you get picked? (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like I kind of had an unconventional route compared to most people. Did you have to make a video or anything? No. So no, I just oh, like okay. went to the random. Well, we got we got to make you a video next time, Katie. Yeah, you should make a the video. Next time. But oh, no, God. so a friend from home when I was younger in high school, actually, I used to watch it with my friends because my sister got me into it, my older sister, and it was always kind of a joke that if I was 24, 25, and single, one of them would nominate me to be on the show. And so, flash forward, you know, seven, six, seven years, it's right after Thanksgiving of 2018. I get a phone call out of nowhere. And it's a producer from the show. And they're like, oh, someone nominated you to be on. You'd be interested in kind of going through the process. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? We'll see what happens. And it turned out it was one of my friends from home who had nominated. Didn't tell me about it. But I just got a phone call and then did like a Skype interview. And then they flew to Dallas about a month later and did an on-camera interview with me. And then it was the final casting weekend about three weeks after that. And then I think they called me on Valentine's Day and told me that I was picked. That's exciting. Yeah, it was super exciting. I mean, you go through the whole thing. And like you said, they kind of hype you up when you're in interviews and stuff because they want you to kind of bring some energy, I guess, show your best self, right? So you always think, oh, you know, I got it. I got it. Like, I nailed that. But yeah, never, up. They got to stop doing that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you, you never really know what they're thinking and if they like you or what the deal is. So, I mean, even though I thought I nailed everything, it was like, I don't know if I got this. And then, um, you, you know, they, they're always like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll call you in, uh, you know, a week. And a week for them is like a month every time. So you just, you never know what's going on. And it's tough because, you, you know, if you're going to leave for two months, you kind of have to plan your life a little bit around that. So it was fortunate they called me on Valentine's Day and told me because it was about a month before I left. So speaking of leaving, were you working before you got approached? Yeah. So the whole timing of everything was pretty crazy. I was working at Goldman Sachs. That's where I worked out of college. And I wasn't super happy with what I was doing. And I'd always wanted to start my own business. So what were you doing? Just for the people who don't know, like Connor before Bachelor. So I was in their special situations group. So we invested and lended into middle market companies. So for all the finance people out there, we worked with a lot of private equity firms and would finance their leveraged buyout transactions. And then we worked with a lot of business owners and startups and 
entrepreneurs to invest in their companies and provide them with some financing. So it was a really cool group to be in. Um, saw a lot of really interesting businesses, but the thing was is that we would always work with a lot of entrepreneurs. And that is something that I wanted to do. I wanted to start my own business at some point. And I think seeing all those people that we were working with kind of, you know, got me more excited about it. And then just some of the deals that I ended up working on at Goldman, I didn't love them, kind of the industries that they were in, and it wasn't something I wanted to do really. And so ultimately, I, I kind of just started losing interest in what I was doing. And I was like, you know what, I was 23, 24 at the time. And I just said, you know, I'm young. If I want to start a business, I might as well do it now. I don't want to wait until I'm older. Um, so I might as well go for it. So it was the week before Thanksgiving of 2018. I walked into work and I was like, you know, I don't think this is for me. I'm going to move on. And I didn't really know what business I wanted to start yet, but just felt like I needed to kind of move on from that environment and spend some time thinking about it and figuring out what business I did want to start. So I decided to leave. They asked me to stay through the end of January, but I was going to leave at the end of January. And then it turned out two weeks later is when I got the phone call from the bachelorette. Perfect timing. <laughs> I know. It literally yeah, was, that was perfect so timing. That was so ideal. That worked in your favor. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what was it like living in the Bachelor Man? It was pretty it was pretty crazy. I mean, the first night you're there, it's so weird walking in and being like, wow, you know, I've seen this thing on TV. It's crazy actually being here and being a part of it. But I don't think it's all that it's cracked up to be. I mean, you know, you think Bachelor Nansen, it's got to be huge, right? We were all sleeping in bunk beds. There were only three bedrooms, I think. And they were all really cramped. Our bedroom was the biggest one, but we had 10 people in there. We Honestly, we might have had more than 10 people, but it was there were just so many people in, in the room and it wasn't comfortable. It was hard to sleep. But it, I mean, it was fun. If you weren't on a date, you just kind of wake up midday, make some food, hang out with the guys all day, do a couple interviews, um, swim, work out. The way of life was pretty easygoing. So that was that was pretty nice. So one thing that stuck out with your season that wasn't super easygoing was Luke T and all mm-hmm. of his shit going on. Was that real? Like the drama? Yeah, I mean, that that was real from the very first night. I I really don't know what it was. But it was just so crazy being in that environment. Having seen the show before, there's always drama. And everyone yeah. always says like, oh, you know, the producers just made that, crafted that or whatever. But it was wild sitting there in so many different situations and seeing all this drama unfold. And I was pretty quiet the whole time. I, I wasn't really a part of any of that stuff. But just standing there and watching it, it's like, guys, are you kidding me? They, like, this can't be real. But it, it was real. I mean, all those, all the drama that you saw in there was real. People were actually arguing. No one told them to yell at each other or anything. It was, it was all real stuff. And it was, I mean, it was crazy being a part of that and sitting through it and watching it. But I mean, it is kind of crazy reflecting on it and thinking, you know, like that stuff really was real. But what about so, when all the cameras aren't on? Like when you guys were just chilling all day in the house mm-hmm. and days like you guys weren't on dates, like were you guys like away from Luke P or was it? Was it awkward? Like what? Yeah. Happened? Oh yeah. It was. It was super awkward. Um, it, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't awkward the first couple of weeks because most of us were still. Kind of, I mean, I didn't really. I wasn't really aware of a lot of the Luke P drama until I witnessed it on the rugby group date. But you know, it was awkward once we started traveling because you're kind of in a tighter quarters. You know, the mansion you can kind of spread out, but 
you're traveling, you're in hotels, you're kind of secluded to one floor because they don't want anyone to see you that's in the hotel or anyone outside the hotel. So you're secluded to maybe like five or six rooms, right? And when we were in Rhode Island, uh, Luke had to have his own room and same with Scotland, Latvia and Amsterdam. He was kind of in his own room and it was it was awkward just the way things had played out because he I think that some of the drama was around him telling Hannah something about a conversation he had with Luke S or something else. And I think a lot of us just felt uncomfortable with him being around because it was like, all right, you know, are you going to tell Hannah about a He's conversation? A snitch. <laughs> yeah, not that we were saying anything bad, but I think when he was talking to Luke S, he kind of misconstrued some things and didn't tell Hannah what Luke had actually said. And so it was weird. We'd be having dinner sometimes and Luke, he would walk in and everyone would just kind of go silent. <laughs> so it was, I mean, it was really uncomfortable because we were all just like, you know, we don't want to say anything if he's around and going to talk to Hannah. But I, you know, I think at the end of the day, like Luke is, I think he's the same age as me. And I've actually, I've talked to him a couple of times since the show has ended. Being on the show brings out the worst in you sometimes. It's such a stressful situation. And for someone like him, who from the very beginning, I think kind of, I guess, didn't put himself in a good position to be that guy that everyone wanted to hang out with all the time. It made it really tough for him because every single week something else happened and it just kind of, he kind of dug himself further into the, you know, the ditch. And yeah, I really don't think he's a bad guy. He just, it's a tough situation to be in. And I, I definitely felt for him a little bit watching it even though he did some really dumb things, but it's like, oh man, you know, I, I feel bad for this guy, especially all the kind of getting back to that hate comment stuff too. I mean, I can't imagine the messages that he received. Oh yeah. He's probably getting roasted, but mm-hmm. speaking of psychos on the show. So when I was going through the audition, um, I Googled before if there was, what's it called? Like testing. Like I heard they do mm-hmm. personality testing before. Is that true? Uh, yeah, they do. They do a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so can you like give us more detail? Is it like a Myers-Briggs? I don't really know what the test was, but it was during the final casting weekend. I mean, you get there, you're kind of just in your room for a little bit and they bring you this test that you have to take. I have no idea what the test was, but <laughs> it was, it was very long, took several hours to complete, but you had nothing else to do. So can you tell us what kind of questions were on this test? Um, I really don't know. It was just like true or false questions or kind of like agree, disagree stuff. It was probably okay. to find out like their personality. So you're not putting all the same, like, what is it like type A or whatever the mm-hmm. test is so that everyone's not the same type of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assume so. That'd be smart. Interesting. That's very hot tea. <laughs> so what was the biggest thing that surprised you about the filming process? Um, I mean, there's so much stuff surprises you that nothing can prepare you for going through that experience. I think it's, you know, one, you're just filmed 24 seven and you don't really expect that. I mean, there's cameras in the bedrooms, even everywhere. So I think that was super surprising to me, even at like really late hours of the day, there was always someone around. And I think the other thing is just how long some of the days can be. The first night, the first rose ceremony night, we got there at 8 p.m. and didn't leave until 8 a.m. in the morning. So, you know, that's a full 12 hour night. And you don't really notice it either because you just have so much adrenaline. But I mean, you would think that the nights would kind of get shorter as less people were there. But I mean, it was in Rhode Island. 
on the rugby group day. I don't think we got back to the hotel until 5 a.m. There were just so many different dates that took forever. And that kind of adds to the, you know, the drama and the emotional aspect of it because you're so sleep deprived the whole time that literally every single situation irritates you or makes you emotional. And that's how, you know, how they get the, the emotions that everyone shows. Did you ever shed a tear? I think I shed a tear on the Bachelorette. I, I don't think it was. It might have been in like an interview or something. But I mean, they get so, you. Yeah, they they definitely get you, especially once it gets later on. It's just so intense. I mean, this is a little off topic, but when I got sent home, there were seven of us left. I think it was the week before hometowns, and that week before. I guess two weeks before hometowns, they kind of start asking everyone, you know, what do you want to do in your hometown date if you get one, all that stuff. So you kind of get to plan your hometown date and they plan, they'll help coordinate and plan it for you. And so they, they ask me, you know, you're getting excited for it. You're like, wow, you know, I'm going to go see my family finally, all that stuff. And then for me, I got sent home. I don't know. I, I kind of expected it just because I didn't get a one-on-one date that last week. and from everyone else that was left, I'd probably spent a quarter of the amount of time with Hannah. So I just knew I was way behind in my relationship. But, you know, talking about kind of being upset or crying and emotional on the flight home, Mm -hmm. I was not that I was crying, but you know, there were moments where like a tear would come down because it was like, oh, this sucks. You know, I felt like I really didn't get to know Hannah and that she didn't get to know me. Because every time I hung out with her, the time was cut short because of something. And it was really frustrating to go through that whole situation and kind of feel like you didn't really have an opportunity to, I guess, see if there was a connection there or something. And then when I got home too, I knew that hometowns were that week when I was back home, I flew home to Michigan. And I remember I texted the producer. I was like, look, you know, I know you guys are going to be in LA for a couple of days before you have this rose ceremony. Like, give me a chance to like go on a date with her or something. See. If oh, wow. You were an eager beaver. Yeah. Because I, my, so my original one-on-one date somewhere in California, we were supposed to go sailing and it got canceled because she was sick. And so I really only had an hour and a half to spend with her in her hotel room versus a full day of a one-on-one date. And so I was like, let me go sailing with her or something. I was like trying to, I don't know. I, I just felt like I didn't get a chance. And I wanted that chance to see if it was something was there or not, but ultimately never, never got it. So I was a little sad about that. I'm so sorry. So no, sorry for your loss. No, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> but I also cried. I, I cried on the uh, on Bachelor in Paradise the night Kaylin left me. Uh, I don't yeah. like her relationship with Dean, but that's just a side note. It like, I don't know. I'm on TikTok. Like, I feel like he exposes her as being dumb and i just don't like that originally the whole situation really bothered me watching the show and kind of after the filming was done for it just because it made no sense everything that she said to me when i was there it it was like this literally doesn't make any sense to me why she would leave with him but i think from seeing them i mean i i get it i'm glad they're happy um yeah i don't wish any ill will on any of the bachelor nation couples and i think for her you know i definitely hope it works out and everything 
And not to mention that whole season was like the Blake show. So that wasn't really a fair shot. Yeah, I mean, it made it seem because I watched a few episodes. I didn't watch the whole thing religiously because at some point I was like, okay, this is Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this drama with Blake. Like, give the kid a break. He's fine. Like, yeah, well, Paradise was really frustrating for me because my flight there was the day filming started. So I knew I wasn't going to be a part of the original cast, but I thought, all right, you know, I'll be coming in day two uh, with a date card, take whoever is down there. And so um, I flew there. You stay at this kind of giant theater hotel before they bring you to the actual Paradise Resort, which is about an hour away. And they came in my room a couple of days later and were like, you know, we don't want to send you in right now. So you're actually going to be in this room for, I think they said eight to 10 more days. And oh my God. so I was in this room with no phone. Uh, I couldn't leave the room. We were in Mexico. So there wasn't a lot on TV. It was, just, it was just not a fun experience. And, you know, you kind of go into paradise all excited. And I think that kind of brought me down a little bit. And then finally they send me in. Things are going great with Kalen. It's like, all right, you know, this is now this is going how I expected it to go. And then all of a sudden Dean comes back and completely throws you for a loop. And that's why I was so sad. I think a lot of people like, oh, why, you know, why was, why'd Connor cry? Why did he care? He spent one day with her. Well, it wasn't one day. We were there for a week together. They don't show you that. We spent all, all day with each other, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, that's why I was so upset because like, all right, finally things are working out for me. It's going my way. And then it just gets ripped out from under you. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Why, why am I here? You know, there's there's no point in me being here anymore." Um, and I think that's kind of how I felt ultimately at the end. But I mean, I think it's it's great that it's worked out for them so far. I I, I would say a lot of people thought that that couple from Paradise would be the one to not work out and end the soonest, but they're actually one of the only ones that's still left together. So I think they've surprised a lot of people, and I definitely shouldn't be the one to talk about their relationship just because I was hanging out with her for a little bit. And obviously my relationship from paradise didn't work out, but um, you know, I'm glad for them that it has worked out so far. And, you know, it's, it's interesting sometimes what people kind of come together and connect and, and stay together. I mean, I think sometimes it surprises you. This is what I personally need to know. How do you make out with someone on camera? Like I can't even make out <laughs> in real life. I'll do it when someone is literally filming you. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> ironically, I actually never really had an issue with that, I guess. Uh, I guess guys don't overthink it like we do, Katie. Well, like, no, I mean, I, I definitely overthought it a little bit, but I met Hannah that first night on after the final rose of Colton season. So going into the limo interest night, I knew that I kind of felt like I had to step up against everyone else. And I mean felt like there was a little connection there she remembered my name when i ran up to her um oh. so i was like oh all right she remembers me this is good because that you know that's what it's all about the first night it's, there's 30 guys there so she's you know she kind of needs to know who you are and um i didn't get to talk to her until 4 a.m i think so i mean i wasn't drunk or anything but you know when you're really tired I mean, you're kind feels. of a little, yeah, you got the late night <laughs> feels, and I was just like, all right, you know what, if, if this happens, I'm just going to go for it if I'm feeling it. And I remember I talked to her for the first time that night, and just went for it, and we 
kissed. And I mean, that was, that was so crazy because I knew that not many people, that doesn't happen with many people the first night. So, you know, to be one of those guys to get a kiss, it's like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here for a little while. Let's, let's strap in. This is going to be fun. Secure the um, bag. Yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of wish I kept that momentum going throughout the whole season because I, I do think as we got further into it, I kind of got in my own head a little bit and didn't have that same mentality that I had the first night. So, you know, other guys stepped up a little bit and I felt like I kind of stepped back and fell into the pack a little bit more. All right. Let's dive into post Bachelor Connor. I feel like we got all the juicy tea. So thank you for revealing all of that to us. Of course. So what inspires you to build your wellness brand, Bale Wellness? Yeah. It's a great play on your last name. So kudos <laughs> to you for that. Well, coming up with a name for business might be the hardest thing ever. I mean, we went around for like a month trying to figure out a name. And then someone just said, why don't you just take the eye off your last name? Like, oh, really good idea. <laughs> so we, we went with that. But I mean, the idea kind of came from being on the show, actually. Like I said, you're so sleep deprived throughout the whole show that it brings out this whole other side of you. And we tried, I remember Mike Johnson was my roommate in most of the hotels we were at. And I had melatonin with me. I'd brought melatonin and um, we would take it every night. We still wouldn't be able to sleep just because there's so much going through your head. It's tough to kind of turn down at night, and really relax, fall asleep. And even after the show, watching yourself on TV, that's not easy. There's definitely a little anxiety that comes with that. And so I tried a bunch of products to sleep better. Some were, some didn't. And just kind of thought, you know, I feel like I can make something that will help me sleep in a fun, simple, and easy way. And really got connected with the right people, reached out to some people on LinkedIn, actually. And it all kind of started and went from there. And, um, you know, we came up with the sleep gummy, which is great because it's fun to take. I love taking that thing every night. It's like a little I may need that. I need that it, during quarantine. I it tastes buy. so good. I mean, I love taking that thing. It's like a little treat before you go to bed. I take it every night, sleep great. And then we decided to add a, an apple cider vinegar gummy as well. I don't know if you've tried apple cider vinegar before. The shot. I, I know my friends in college were trying it's to get skinny. They'd be like, you need to have so it every day. Gross. I, I sniffing take, it makes me want to bar. Yeah, I'd take some when I was maybe like three or four years ago. Because, you know, it's one of those big health things that people do. And I was trying to be healthy. And so I didn't had a shot of it until last week, actually. I made a video of me taking a shot of it and then taking a gummy. It tastes so gross. I nothing can prepare you for that. I mean, it burned the whole way down my throat. You can um, feel your insides. Like, yeah, yeah, burning. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, that's kind of the general idea of the whole company is we want to make health, being healthy and and well, fun, simple, and easy. Because I think a lot of times it's overcomplicated products have tons of different ingredients that you really don't know what they are. And it turns away a lot of people from really trying to live a healthy lifestyle. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think people should have to take supplements for the rest of their lives to live a healthy lifestyle, but I think it's a great tool to use to kind of get back on track and um, put yourself in the right direction. I really love your brand because I feel like it's authentic to you. Cause I think what people know you for is like fitness. And also I love the play on the words for sale wellness because it makes you think of like outdoors being outside mm -hmm. being healthy being active uh, yeah i mean I, that's that's a good point i think a lot of people just start companies and try and make a make a profit make a quick buck i take this stuff every day 
I mean, I love it. And I, that's kind of where the company came from is solving my own problem. And I think that's where some of the best ideas come from of entrepreneurs and business owners is, is something that they're personally passionate about. Mm-hmm. And that's something that was kind of missing from every other business idea I've had all throughout college and after is sure it could have been a great business, but I wasn't passionate about it. I wasn't passionate enough to actually see the idea through to starting it and growing it. This is something that I care about and I take it and I really care about seeing it grow and helping people. And I think right now with like the current climate of coronavirus, people are really looking to vitamins to make mm-hmm. get, to get their immune systems up. So I think it's perfect timing that it just recently launched. What in January? Uh, we launched March third, actually. So even sooner. I'm, I guess how long has that been? Two been a little now? over a little over two months. It feels like it's wow, been two years. But yeah, definitely an interesting time to launch a company. I mean, no one would have foreseen this coming. You know, obviously, we'd love to be selling more and kind of growing, but I think we're just kind of taking it easy, and it's it's a really interesting environment to navigate through right now. So, I mean, we're just trying to help as many people as we can, whether it's sleeping better or whatever apple cider vinegar helps someone with. There's there's a lot of benefits. I know what they are. I don't want to bore you guys with them, but actually, can you tell me? Because I have no idea. I need to get more into health. I'm just like happy my metabolism's still good at 23. Mm-hmm. So once that leaves, I'm like. It's just going to shit. I mean, apple cider vinegar helps with tons of different things. The biggest one's probably digestion. Obviously, you can take probiotics, but apple cider vinegar is great for that. It helps with your skin even. It lowers your blood sugar. I mean, there's there's a bunch of other things. It's one on our gummy. website. And one gummy, what is it equivalent to? Is it one shot of apple cider vinegar or? The ACV gummies have apple cider vinegar and ginger in them. Mm-hmm. Those are the two kind of main ingredients. Two gummies is equal to one shot of apple cider okay. vinegar. Mm-hmm. And ginger is really good as well for many different things. So I love the sleep gummies too. Because if you look at a lot of sleep gummies in the market, they have tons of different ingredients in them. And it's like, all right, what does valerian root do for me? What, what does all this stuff do for me? And the doctor that we actually worked with to help formulate our products, his philosophy, which is similar to mine, is on keeping it simple. Um, you don't need five ten different ingredients to help someone sleep really there's just two and he thinks that melatonin and magnesium are the optimal combination to do that and so that's what our gummies are formulated with and um you know melatonin and magnesium are really interesting your body naturally produces melatonin but looking at a computer screen all day or your phone or a tv actually reduces that so when you try and go to sleep at night if you've been looking at a screen all day it's going to be harder to fall asleep so that's why kind of supplementing your body with additional melatonin is helpful. And then magnesium actually helps your body naturally produce melatonin as well. So the combination of the two helps relax you and helps you kind of fall and stay asleep. Wow. Learned more about sleep and digestion than I ever thought I would in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like those are the two most important things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They really are. Wow, I'm excited to try your products. I need to definitely make a little purchase. Okay, besides Dell Wellness, are there any other opportunities in the works for you that you're like working on? Any projects? Um, you're like smirking. Yeah, right we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, do, we do have a couple other projects in the works that I'm pretty excited about. So one thing, so everyone's always like, oh, you know, would you go back on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, or would you be The Bachelor? I think initially when you're kind of on those shows and come off, you want to keep doing it, right? I had a lot of fun with it, even though it was stressful. But it's one of those things you're like, oh, I want to get me on another one or something. 
the, the last few months has been great for me. It's been able to let me reflect on the whole experience and what I actually want in my life and all that stuff. And, you know, if those opportunities come up down the road, I'd definitely be interested in it, but I'm not planning my life anymore. Like I'm going to be on bachelor in paradise or one of these other shows. Cause I genuinely do want to find someone and I don't know. I think that can happen outside the show too. So. Um, okay. But do you think you would date like a fan? Like what, like, what are you looking for dating wise? Like, do you want someone who has been on TV or like, has like that status or mm-hmm. like what what's your go-to i mean i i really don't care what you know what someone does or if they've been on tv or anything that stuff doesn't really matter to me it's just if there's a genuine kind of connection there and and all that stuff i mean i think it's hard sometimes when people dm you and want to hang out because then it's like okay you know does this person really want to get to know me or do they just want to say that they wanted a date with Connor. They're going to like screenshot all their DMs and send these to everyone. Right. Yeah. Expose you. Clout chasers. Yeah. The clout chasers are real, especially on Instagram. Well, I mean, I, I saw someone made a TikTok of someone DM Tyler and made a TikTok of the conversation. Oh, yes. With the green screen in the background. They're like, look, he's in. Yeah. Yeah. That one popped up on my thing the other day. It's like, oh, come on. You know, I don't, I don't know. Matt, I think that's another reason I don't really respond to people because you never know where those not that i'm going to say anything weird or anything but people misconstrue so many different things that are sad so i don't know but yeah getting back to your question uh there are some cool projects we're working on um outside of reality tv dating shows which uh so you might see me back on the screen with with something else soon should be cool watch out yeah watch out might see me on there (laughs) But no, got some cool opportunities, obviously, going to try and keep growing sale and then um, some other cool business opportunities here in Dallas as well. That's uh, it's pretty exciting. Great. Are you going to go into barbecuing? <laughs> I heard that's a big <laughs> Dallas thing. I did. I did my research. One of my guy friends just moved to Dallas and my one of my best friends is moving there, too. And I reached out to him before this interview and I was like, tell me about Dallas. I need like connection points. And he's like, barbecue. <laughs> tell him. Tell him to go. to. Is it? boy or girl so it's a couple so mm. he's there tell him to go to pecan lodge okay good pecan spot. Lodge. i'll let him know good barbecue spot good to know all right yeah. so we're now going to dive into plead the fifth so we pulled some of the juiciest questions we got from our fans <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> you're like oh shit kill me now so you can plead the fifth to one of these six questions but i have to answer the other six you have to answer the five. Oh, the other five okay all right first question What's your favorite White Claw flavor? Never had White Claw. You're kidding. Nope. What do you drink? Uh, I actually just drink like tequila on ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so foul. That's honestly so foul. No, if you get good and tequila, I'm judging it's good. you so hard. No, you can't. Say that. If you get good tequila, it's good stuff. I heard tequila is good for digestion, though. But maybe they're just trying to get me to drink tequila, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Do you think The Bachelor is a good place to find a partner? And be honest. Okay, you're smiling over there. Be honest. Well, I'm trying to think of a way to answer this. Um, I think it, yes, I think it is a good way to find a partner. But I don't think everyone is always given an equal chance to find a partner. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Biggest regret while filming? Mm, I mean, there's, there's, there's a few. Um, 
Give us your biggest number one. What's the number one that you think about at night and you're like, why did I do that? I think I wish I had in Scotland gone to spend more time with Hannah after one of the rose ceremonies or dates. I think I did it too little too late in Amsterdam. Okay. I know we talked a lot about DMs and it going down in the DMs. Have you ever hooked up with someone that slid in your DMs? No. Oh, wow. I'm really surprised by that. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, wait, that's something I kind of want to dispel from these rumors. Well, I I just feel like a lot of people, when they see these reality guys, they think, oh, you know, they're probably just going going out all the time, hooking up with people, all that stuff. That's just so not me. I've only hung out with a couple girls in the last year. I don't really go out that much anymore. Sometimes it's not really fun. And I feel like I have other priorities in my life right now, but I don't, I haven't really, I guess, hooked up with many people or hung out with many people in the last year. Okay. It's very wholesome of you. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the notes during Hannah's season, mm-hmm. did producers tell you to do that or was that all you? It was all me. Was it? Yeah. You mentioned you had sisters. Like, this isn't a question. I just, this is a follow-up. How many sisters do you have? Because I feel like that's something only a guy with sisters would do. Uh, I have one older sister. So here's what I will say. And it's funny. I actually found this note in my dresser the other day. When I walked into Hannah's room that day, there was a note on the door, a post-it note on the door that said, doors open, come in. I forget exactly Mm. what I said. But that's that's where like the idea kind of spurred in my head because I remembered that post-it note and I had it in my hand, my pocket. And when they were interviewing me before I left, I'd I looked at it and I was like, oh, wait, this could be a good idea. Um, So that's kind of where that came from. Okay. Um, Do you plan on seeing Maddie (laughs) post-quarantine? We have to ask. I'm sorry. Everyone is asking about this. this this, Was that the sixth question or is there another one? That was six, but I may give you a seventh. Okay. Um, No, but then if I give you a seventh, you're not, you're going to bleed it. So it's like. (laughs) I'll, I'll answer this one. Am okay. I, am I am I planning on am I planning on seeing Maddie after Is the that, quarantine? After the quarantine, I don't have plans currently, but I would say I've said this before. I wasn't intending on making a move. I guess you were just getting to know her. I wanted to get to know her, which I think <laughs> is fair. I was providing some positive encouragement because <laughs> it, it, her being on after the final rose didn't look very fun, Barb. So I was just. I was just providing some positive encouragement, being a nice guy. I um, try on. I would love to get to know her. She seems like a very nice and fun, fun woman. But, you know, who knows when that time will come. I would also love to be able to do it not on a beach in Mexico. But uh, I don't know. I mean, at this rate, you might get the chance to do it not on a beach. Yeah. So, sometimes that's, that's out of my control, unfortunately. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, I have another one, but you can't plead it. I feel like plead the fifth. That's just like out the window now. All right. I'll okay. answer anything. <laughs> Do you like have feelings for Hannah? Did you have feelings for Hannah? I know you're going to be like, she's such a great girl. Like, because I know when you go on the show, you don't know who the bachelor is going to be from the audition process. Yeah. 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 So that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I definitely had feelings for Hannah. So you're right. I didn't know Hannah was the bachelorette until an hour before I met her. And. And which was which was live on TV when I met her too. So that was crazy. But I definitely had feelings for her. I would say she's she wasn't my normal type, or if I had a type, she didn't really fit that. Um, 
You shouldn't well, have even I, said that. Now we need to know your type. You just no, you just no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. But, but I, I, I definitely ended up liking her a lot. And I mean, all those emotions were real and everything. It was just, I kind of felt like so much of that relationship was out of my control, especially towards the end, that it was frustrating to even like give it your all because I mean, you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. Um, and then I, I liked Kaylin a lot too. Like going into paradise, she was someone that I wanted to see there. And it was working out great and all that stuff. And I, to be honest, so I left Paradise with Whitney. And I felt like I wasn't really able to give my all in that relationship with her because of the whole situation that happened with Kaylin. Not that I wasn't over it, but it was just, it, it's, it was tough going from that to two or three days later, basically being in a hotel room together for three days and then leaving and dating. Um, Ultimately in that relationship, I think we both kind of realized we weren't right for each other and all that stuff. But if I could do it over, I kind of wish I could have, you know, really given my all with that. Good to know. We didn't know Whitney was a touchy subject, so we didn't even bring it up. We were like, you know what? No, no, Whitney's Whitney's great. So last thing about her, but I I actually hadn't talked to her in months. I mean, we broke up in, what was it, September of last year. And maybe talked a little bit for about a, a month and we really kind of disconnected for a while and didn't talk for honestly four or five months and i facetimed her kind of just out of nowhere uh, at the beginning of the quarantine um i i was i was i was getting a little spicy with my facetimes and instagram lives <laughs> so I, i've had to chill out but we facetimed and talked to her for like an hour and a half and we had a great conversation I was like wow this is nice really nice talking again all that stuff it was nice to kind of reconnect you know we're i think we're really good friends which is good um we're just weren't right dating each other i'm sure of you i think that happens a lot like Mm -hmm. people you you like them as a person and you want to see it work out but sometimes it just doesn't and that's fine yeah definitely mom right now okay (laughs) (laughs) some shit my mom always has me i'm like why all right last part of the podcast we're done making you feel uncomfortable i'm so happy you just sat through an hour of us making you feel uncomfortable so that was great i love it um power move what's one piece of advice or life hack that you want our listeners to know that has gotten you to where you are today oh like what would you tell yourself when you're 20 years old basically i mean i don't really know if it's a life hack or anything but if there's something you want to do in life go do it i think so many people just talk and talk for the rest of their life whether it's start a business go on the bachelorette i mean travel everyone talks about it but they never do it i think the last year and a half of my life really shown me all the amazing things that can happen to you if you just take the leap and go after and do what you want to do and so for anyone out there that has a dream or anything they want to do that's my big advice just to go do it you have the means to make it happen even if you think you don't have enough money or whatever the issue is you can always make it happen if there's a will there's a way so that would be my life hack you're so right and katie we're doing that now we we're talking about doing this podcast for like a year now we started it in march and you know we were scared to do and we're like you know what just do it like who cares Mm -hmm. what happens like as long as the passion's there yeah 100 percent. other thing too is don't like don't pay mind to what people say. Oh, I know the amount of people that talk shit at this point, I'm like, honestly, I love when people share my Instagrams now. I'm like, please, just talk more shit. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, right? Well, it's good good publicity for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that people feel the need to say negative stuff like that. But a lot of times, if they are saying negative stuff like that, they're either jealous of you or there's some other reason. So um, exactly. yeah, I mean, just don't let people bring you down. There's a lot of negativity in the world. And I think, you know, definitely it's important to face that negativity and prove people wrong, but you just got to stay positive. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, Connor, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. We really appreciate it. We're honestly so honored. You're oh, thank you for having me. Oh, such such a dreamboat you are. Okay, so everyone go follow Connor on Instagram at Connor Saley. And then please follow us on Instagram at the Moral Hangover Podcast. And we'll see you next Monday. Have a great week. Woo!